everything that has breath, it says praise the Lord. And I don't know about y'all, but I'm a fool. I love to praise the Lord. And you know, I can't, I said, yeah, I hope I don't scare nobody. Because I love rejoicing and praising the Lord. I don't know about y'all today, but if you can stand to your feet and give him some praise, because he is the very reason that you're here tonight, and we're going to praise him like we ain't never praised him before, because, you know, we serve a mighty God, and he, he ain't stopping for nothing. So whatever's in your way right now, just say, sit down for a minute. I got to praise the Lord. I got to throw my hands up in the air. I got to stomp my feet. I got to do a wiggle. I got to do something, because he been just that good. Amen? Okay, y'all can sit down. Y'all like y'all don't want to stand up. I tell you what, I keep standing for y'all because you know what? It's something about the goodness of the Lord. When Pastor Sutton say, Minister Karen, you think you can make it out to the Misfits? I said, I ain't been out to the Misfits in a while. Now, y'all in a new house now, I come, I, I come to put my little stank up in here because, you know, it's something good about the Lord when you can just come and visit with your family. Y'all family, you know that, right? All right, I, I'm a, I just wanted to make sure y'all know that because, you know, it's something when you can come together and you ain't looking at people with a John desire. Hallelujah. You know, I come to praise him. I don't know about y'all. Y'all like y'all scared to give Jesus some praise because, you know what, he, when he died on the cross, he died for your sin, my sin, everybody's sin. I thought that's what it said in the Bible. I don't know about y'all. But, you know, I ain't no jokester, but I, I do love making people laugh. I get excited when it's time to get up here and give him some honor and some praise. I don't know how to sit down. Pastor, you got three minutes. I say, somebody better do like this when that three minutes is up. Because I don't know how to shut my mouth when, it's, when it comes down to praising him. He's been just that good to me. You know what? I could be going through all kinds of storms. But when it comes down to praying the Lord, man, look at here. It just seems like I get some fire all up under my feet. I was like, you know what? You sit there for a minute because I got to go praise the Lord. I'll be back. And if you can sit, you can mess with me when I come back, then we're good. We'll talk. But you know, it's one good thing. When you're going through something in your life, you got to realize that the main thing that you need to be focused on is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. See, when you focus on him, it's what you feed yourself. I, I said one Sunday, I said, what you got in your pot? What you eating? Are you eating them beans and rice? Or are you, are you eating the word of God? You see, I like to use stuff like that because y'all was like, well, I don't know what you're talking about. But, you know, it's one good thing when, when you know, you can use a, a different analogies just to lift up the spirit of somebody. I love lifting people up. You know, so, whew, I don't know, y'all, that three man ain't up? Yeah, yeah, okay, oh, Lord, he said, wrap it up, wrap it up. But, you know, I just want to thank y'all for letting me get on the stage on tonight just to lift you up, and I just want to encourage you all to just keep on walking. Don't stop. Whatever mountain's in your way, he didn't say you always had to climb it. Walk around it. Walk around it and keep moving. Praise God. Thank y'all for listening. Come on, y'all. Y'all can praise the Lord a little bit better than that. Amen. Amen. Go get the mic. Praise God. Amen. Thank you. Minister. Uh-huh. All right. How y'all doing today? Amen. I'm going to ask you again. How y'all doing today? Y'all already know who I am, so it ain't important who I am. Who's the most important person in this place? Jesus. 
who? Jesus. Praise God. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, just for namesake, I'm Pastor Sutton. Dr. Sutton is some, James Sutton is some, but I'm your brother. I'm your brother in Christ, and I'm, I'm glad to be home. Some of you that never met me, some of you that seen me, some of us go back all the way down town. Amen. Those good old days. All these new faces, it's good to see that the church is still growing. Amen. Amen. Me and Randy were talking the other day, and we were just remembering uh, our ministry. And uh, I met Randy uh, 13 years ago. Amen. I met him in Springfield. Y'all don't know, I was in the penitentiary at the time. Oh, some of y'all ain't been. Okay. Some of y'all still locked up. You just don't know. Amen. But in that penitentiary, I met Christ through a young 24-year-old Mexican gangbanger. I was in my 40s. I met Christ, and I met Randy, and I told him that I would always be attached to him. And I have been. Our church has been. And now I've been in ministry for 12 years. Amen. Running strong for Jesus. Not getting tired. Because like Karen said, he's been that good to us. He's been that good to me. And I thank God for the opportunity to come before you. And I'm not going to be before you long. And I know y'all used to be being long with me, okay? But I'm, I'm going to do like Francis. I'm not going to be before you long. Amen. Let's pray. Oh, gracious Heavenly Father, I just thank you today. I thank you for the opportunity to come before your people and speak your word. Lord, let them hear from heaven on high. Because your word is the rhema and the bread of life to all of us. Lord, let us mask, bask in your love of your word. Because your word is truth. And your word will never come back void. So, Lord, as we plant the word in the people of God and the people who don't know God, let it grow to whatever you want to grow. But, Lord, let somebody ask the question, what must I do to be saved? Amen? Amen. I am so excited. I preached a sermon about two weeks ago at the church I called uh, Ham at the Kosher Table. (laughs) And it was based upon Galatians chapter 2. But I want to give you some background first. Y'all remember Cornelius in chapter 10 of Acts when Peter was sitting up in the room and Joppa running from all those persecutions and he's sitting up in the room and all of a sudden he, he goes up on the roof to pray, right? And when he's up there praying, you need to read this story because it's important for the context where I'm going to go. He's up there praying and then all of a sudden a sheet of pig snoots, hog jaws, uh, 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 possum tails, uh, all kind of food that's not kosher came down. She came down, and, and, G, and God said, Jesus say, Peter, kill and what? Eat. Peter said, what you talking about, God? I ain't never ate nothing unclean. <laughs> I don't know who you think you're tricking with that question. So here comes the sheet again. Peter, you know what? Peter like us. Sometimes God got to tell us three times. Because he had asked Peter about feeding the sheep three times. He asked Peter about loving three times. It's like some of us just don't get it the first time around, and that's okay. That's how much God loves you. So the sheep come down again, and this time it has, it has some pork steaks, because he might not lock some figures. So it was pork steaks and pork butts, and he said, you ain't going to fool me with the cut of meat. I don't eat unclean food. Well, he was talking about the law. And see, what you have to understand, there was a transition for the 12, the 11 disciples from law to grace. They didn't get it at first. If you read the, the Gospels, they didn't understand a lot of what Jesus was talking about. 
And he said, you wouldn't understand it until you left, until you got the promised gift of what? The Holy Spirit. So it was a progression. And even once the Holy Spirit came in, came in them, it still takes us a little while to drop what we used to doing. See, I, I just want to make it real to you. Because some, some of us come out of some very legalistic church background. And it's hard to go from legalism to grace. I'm going to say that again. It's hard for us. Well, I'm going to talk to them. It's hard for us to go from legalism to grace. Amen. So, so, so she come down, and by now Cornelius had his vision, right? About go get Peter. So he comes down again, and he said, Lord, you're going to trick me. I passed the test. I ain't, <laughs> you ain't got to worry about it. He said, now look, don't call uncommon or dirty what I call clean. Peter said he didn't understand what God was talking about then. Because he thought it was just limited to what? The dietary thing. The knock at the door. Here come the men. Peter took six of the Jews with him. Go to Cornelius' house. And then Peter begins to talk about his preferences, his prejudices, and his, what he wants. He said, look, let me tell you something, Cornelius. And it's the same conversation that the woman at the well had with Jesus. But it was her telling him that, that y'all don't have nothing to do with us. But now Peter is telling him, you know Cornelius. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're a centurion, but you know we don't mess with you. Because you're a Gentile. We don't come in Gentile houses. And we don't eat in Gentile houses. And you like, And he's like, but the Lord told me to come with you. So what do you want? He say, Cornelius began to tell his vision. He say, look, the Lord came to me because I was a good person and I, and I gave alms. I understood who God was and I kept asking to have more God. So he's going to send somebody to me and it was you, Peter. And you're supposed to tell me something about Jesus. He began to preach. Not the gospel of law because what difference does it make the history of the Jewish nation when it comes to a Gentile? Y'all going to get this. And once you get it, it's going to set you free. What difference did it make? He didn't start with, well, he came down through the Abraham. He didn't come. He, he didn't start with that. He didn't come with all the lines and the names. He came with Jesus Christ and him crucified. And they say, as he spoke, the Holy Spirit fell on the people. And they start speaking in tongues, known tongues, not the gibberish tongues. Because in chapter 11, he goes back to Jerusalem and he says, they looked at him and said, where you been? You've been eating with them Gentiles. You smell like barbecue. <laughs> you smell like, you smell like you've been at a barbecue and we don't cook like that. Then Peter began to explain how his, his vision, Cornelius' vision, and said he went there to preach. And the Holy Spirit fell on the Gentiles like it fell on them at Pentecost. Because the evidence was the tongues. Now follow me. That's Pentecost number two. Uh-huh, I think y'all get silent on that. Because he said the same thing happened to them that happened to us at Pentecost. Stay with me because it's going to get real deep. <sighs> okay. You, you might want to take your shoes off for this one. But keep them boots on. Okay. Now watch this. Now, that's, now think about this. 
I think about this. He had his experience with the Gentiles, and he ate with them. He stayed with them because in, in the story, he said he stayed with Cornelius for a couple of days. So he had to eat. He, had, he sat there at a barbecue for a couple of days, and it was good to him. It was so good to him. You get to Galatians now. You get to the churches of Galatians. He decides, you know what, I'm going to visit Paul. But I'm going to leave him here. Y'all stay here. I'm going to go visit Paul. So he goes visits Paul in a Gentile territory. Yes, there's a synagogue there, but he's going to visit Paul. Paul preaching to the Gentiles. Paul would go to the, the synagogue because he was Jew, and he tried to convince the Jews about the grace of God. But they wouldn't, they wouldn't feel him. Matter of fact, that's how that's the brisk problem. Kept going back to them and getting stoned. How hard-headed can you be? But that's, that's the power of God. When God gives you an assignment, it don't make no difference what happens to your body. You're going to do what God has called you to do. Now, now, now follow me closely. Now, we got, the, we got the experience. Got Pentecost 2. Say Pentecost 2. Okay. So now, he goes to Galatia, and he meets with Paul, and they sit down and have a barbecue. Galatia chapter 2. Paul's trying, and Paul's writing back to Galatia for a reason because he's trying to remind them of the event. Now he's sitting down. He has a barbecue. Now here comes a company of Jerusalem, Jews from Jerusalem, supposedly sent by James to, to see what Peter's doing. Here they come. In they robes. You know they Jews by the high white they was dressed. Peter saw them. And he pushed up from the barbecue table and went over to the kosher table. Now, you've been eating ham all this time. But because they show up, because people show up, you change who you are. And you walk away from who you belong to. I think about that. Peter still had in him. Pre prejudice and preference and partiality. And some of us are like Peter. When certain people show up, we act a certain way. Now check this out. Now, now don't put the scripture yet, but check this out. In, uh, in, in Acts chapter 17, or Acts chapter 11, verse 17, I'm just going to read this bottom part. It says, Peter asked when he was explaining to the Jews about how they fell on Pentecost, you don't have to go there. Just listen to this. He says, I'm going to read out NSV. He says, who was I that I could stand in the way of God in God's way? Who am I who to stand in God's way? The question is, how many times do we be the people to stand in God's way? See, Peter went there, already had an experience. He's already explaining them what happened, and he still fell away. So if Peter, though, chief apostle, falls away, thank God that he'll give us a second and third chance to get it right. That should give you hope. Because if he can mess up and get away with it, then we can mess up and repent and get back into it. See, Peter had, it's a progression thing. See, Paul got the mystery. Peter didn't get the mystery. So you got to rightly divide the word of truth. See, Peter... Paul got the mystery of the Gentile nation receiving the gospel that was supposed to be preached to us by them, 
but they dropped the ball. So then God say, there's a mystery coming called my body of Christ. That's going to have this gospel of grace. Okay. So Peter's saying, who am I to get in the way of what God has done? So in chapter two of Galatians, when Peter got up, guess who else got up? Barnabas. Even the great Barnabas, who brought Peter into, brought Paul into Peter, even felt that whoever these cats were, they must have been impotent. Or maybe they was impotent. But they had power over Peter, Barnabas, and John Mark. They all got up and said, you know what, uh, we'll be right back. We got to go over here to the kosher table. Now, can you imagine those young Galatian churchgoers, body lovers of God? Paul has talked to them about the grace of God. And Paul has confronted Peter and told him that he stood condemned. And he told him to his face, not because he hated Peter, because he loved Peter enough to understand he was influential. And the influential people are Christians. And you have to understand the way you handle yourself before other people will greatly determine what they listen to when you talk. See, I ain't here to, just pre I ain't here to give y'all one of them Bible lessons. Y'all get enough of that. I'm just trying to get y'all to see something. So, 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 so he contended for him in the second, in, in chapter two of Galatians, Galatians, and now we have in chapter three. Now I put the scripture up. Finally got to my scripture. If it's up, if it's up, if not, Steve got it. And it's out of the CEV because I want to get the point, the uh, contemporary English version. Okay, don't be scared to use other versions. They're gonna hurt you. They ain't gonna bite you. You ain't going to hell. Okay? But you King James only person, you don't worry about it. You ain't going to hell, okay? You ain't going to fall through the cracks. You're not going to disappear. It's okay. I just want to get the point across because we were talking earlier today, the first word out the box. Stupid. See, it says foolish in most of our Bibles. Let me ask you something. What has more impact on your nervous system if I call you stupid or foolish? That's why I'm using it. All right, Steve, we're going to be in verses 1 through 5. Let's go. You stupid Galatians, I told you exactly how Jesus Christ was nailed to a cross. Has someone now put an evil spell on you? I want to know only one thing. How were you given to God's spirit? Was it by obeying the law of Moses or by hearing about Christ and having faith in him? How can you be so stupid? Do you think that by yourself you can complete what God's Spirit started in you? Have you gone through all of this for nothing? Is it all really for nothing? God gives you his Spirit and works miracles in you. But does he do this because you obey the law of Moses? Or because you have heard about Christ and have faith in him? Amen. So my question to you is, are you so stupid you're going to keep eating at the kosher table? <laughs> Look at y'all. They rubbed me the wrong way. Oh, no, you call me stupid. Yeah, yeah, because I don't understand it. If God has been so good to you under grace, why do we go back to law? I mean, you quickly run to tell somebody what they shouldn't do, what they should do. And I understand you're trying to protect them, and then you're going to throw the law of Moses on. Let me tell you something about I learned about the law. The law has one thing for you, and the Bible teaches this. 
If you can't keep all of it, the only thing the law can do is punish you. And the law punished Jesus. And the law punished the innocent man, you know to punish the guilty man, and you know we guilty. And he took upon the cross what we deserve. So, for the Galatians, and this was happening, now Paul was writing back to them, telling them about the incident, but obviously, even in that incident of confronting Peter, there were some still wanting to go to the law because the Judaizers are everywhere. The Judaizers are in the church today. They're not, they don't consider themselves Jews, but they want you to follow the law. So many churches practice first fruits. Why are you practicing first fruits and calling money first fruits? Your money is not first fruits. Your money is money. The Bible is clear that first fruits is corn, agriculture. And you bring agriculture to the storehouse. You put your money in the treasury. The Bible knows the difference. Why don't you? If you want to practice first fruits, then you've got to practice all of it. Because the Bible says if you're going to practice one law, you've got to keep them all. But man has always had the inability to not keep the law. He needed something greater than the law, but the law was given to show us that we were transgressors. Because without the law, there is no transgression. But once the law came, transgression became evident and magnified in the life of men. Because men couldn't keep it. And God was trying to show them that they needed something greater than the law. The law could never save them. But the law condemned them, and the law said, you got to be punished. Because the wages of sin is what? Death. Since we all know this, we must all think about the fact that we need to come under a better, better, better paradigm, better situation. So this test uh, in Galatians chapter 3 is one that we should all take to ask the question, am I really following Christ or I'm following Moses? He told him, he said, you stupid Galatians. I told you exactly, exactly how Jesus Christ, this out of ESV, was, was nailed, not ESV, CSV, to the cross, Okay. So what Peter did was paint a picture of them because they weren't there. And see, this is the thing you need to learn, saints. The better picture you paint of the real cross, the better chance you're going to get somebody saved. Quit trying to paint this cross of this guy on the cross that looks so good like in a prayer commercial. You know, I see pictures of Jesus. He looked better than most of us do on our worst day on the cross. That ain't how Jesus looked, and that ain't how they portrayed him. That ain't what they did. He was told it like he'd been in a meat grind. He wasn't much to look at anyway, but that's by the Bible say. So he really wasn't much to look at when he got when he went through the grind. All you could probably see is the thorns on his head. The crown that the evil ones gave him. You had the whole world crucifying him, the Gentile nation and the nation of Israel. The nation he came to save that was supposed to be the light to the world, they condemned him based upon the law, and they used it illegally. The Bible says the law is legal, but when you use it illegally, then what you have? You have the death of innocent people. So he said, you stupid Galatians. You stupid Galatians. I portrayed Jesus Christ crucified on the cross. Did, has someone now put an evil spell on you? Has someone bewitched you? 
You mean after we've been told the gospel and Jesus Christ and him crucified, you were still looking for something else to add to it? Has someone bewitched you? Has someone bamboozled you? The Galatians were a kind of people like us. We always like something new and shiny. If you read the history of who, the kind of people they were, they were easily influenced by everything that was new because they were pure pagans. Pagans like everything that's new. Hey, you know what? This week, I'm going to wear a gold cross. Well, last week, we had a silver cross. No, I'm going to get a platinum cross. And I'm going to put it around my neck. See, I think the problem with, 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 with this walk with God, we don't have a uniform. Because if we had a uniform, people pay attention to us. But if we had a uniform, we would lose our unity. Because with uniforms comes hierarchies. And with hierarchies, they're normally ruled by men. And any time that you want to be legal, you want to, you want to, you want to dictate over, over mankind. You don't want to go low. Your goal is to get high. But the Bible says to go, go low is the way you're recognized as being high. He told him, you won't serve like, like the Gentiles do. You will be the greater servant who want to be the greater one in the kingdom. He said, oh, stupid Galatians, look, who has put a spell on you? Galatians 1a says, if any other person speak any other gospel other than the gospel that Paul has given them, let him be accursed. Peter stood accursed back in two when he tried to give them another gospel. You say, well, he didn't give another gospel. But, but what Peter did was did display an attitude of prejudice that will call the, the Galatians to feel like they ain't good enough. How many people have been in a, in a, in a, in a, in a relationship or in a situation with some saints and somehow or another, they just made you feel you wasn't good enough? You wasn't smart enough. You don't know enough Bible to get up here. You don't know, you ain't been to Bible school. You're not a doctor. You just started yesterday. You don't know what I know. You haven't been through nothing. See, these are all legalistic things. They try to control you and move you away from the gospel. But, but like I said, in, in, in Galatians 1.8, he says, if anybody, me or angel preaching of the gospel, let him be accursed. And what, Peter, what Paul did was love Peter enough to say, you stand to be accursed because you become a stumbling block for them people. But you just said that, who, are I, who am I to get in the way of God? So who's the stupid one? See, that's why I want to tell you the back story. It's like, Peter, you would say some stuff that would be awesome. Then you'll turn around and do something real stupid. And Paul is saying, why y'all following him when I gave you what you needed? But there's always somebody, even in this congregation, will slide up to you, like they talk about in Jews unawares, and whisper in your ear, yeah, I know what Randy and them preaching, but you know what? You got to talk to them. You see, you say that. Oh, you got you to gotta get baptized in this water. You see, you say that in the Bible. You got to, you got to, you got to. You got to do, do, do. But the gospel I preach is, it's done, done, done. The Bible says that we're going to be baptized with him in the power of the Holy Spirit. If you can't find no water and you believe in Jesus, you're already baptized in the Holy Spirit. The water baptism doesn't save you. The water baptism is identification. But if you don't get it, guess what? You're still saved. Do I not preach the gospel and tell people about Jesus because I didn't fall in no water? 
But there's people who believe that. And that church is saying, oh, you can't say nothing to nobody because, you know, you didn't go down to water yet. Water's next week. But some of the people that I deal with may not have next week to live. So I need to tell them the gospel now. But what happens a lot of times, me and Stephanie, sometimes, sometimes people come to Christ and they fire go out right away. It's almost like the story of the soil. The cares of this word choke it out. And then they just drift away. It's not that they're not saved. It's that, that we haven't anchored them in the truth of what they went through. We haven't, they haven't had the experience. See, Pete, God was gracious to Peter and kept letting him have the experiences of grace versus law till he got it. Paul understood it because Paul didn't walk with Jesus. Paul got it by revelation, the mystery. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Gentile nation, going to be my body. It's all right? Oh, yeah. All right. Chapter 2. I want to ask, I want to know one thing, only one thing. What did he say? How were you given God's spirit? Was it by, was it by obeying the law of Moses or by hearing about Christ? And I'm going to add this. Christ and him crucified. Having faith in him. So did you receive it by the law of Moses or did you receive it by hearing and believing in Christ? And we say the obvious, we already know what to say, but do we really believe that? Do we really believe, like Ephesians 1.13, that it's by the hearing, then believing, and then the promise is given to us. Now think about it. We hear, then we believe, then the promise is given to us. You say, what's the promise? The promise of the Holy Spirit. See, that's what we want. We want the, 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 the blockage that kept us from having a relationship with God, the blockage that the Jews put up, and the blockage that our own sins put up, have been taken care of by Jesus Christ and him crucified. And see, this is what I tell people. The better you can explain the cross, the better you understand the cross, you will spend the rest of your life unpacking the cross, and the better you want to know God, understand what he gave you at the cross, and understand that you're completing Christ Jesus already. You don't need another drop. Don't let nobody tell you you need more faith. You just need to exercise the faith you're given. You don't need no more light right away. Because God works like this. Until you walk in the light that's given, he can't give you no more because you can't handle the light you got. Your eyes have to be open to understand this is a walk with God, not a run. This is a marathon with God. However long you got left, walk it out. Learn it out. Love it out. It tells us. So it's about a hearing of the gospel of grace, not the gospel of law, not even the gospel of the kingdom. It's the gospel of grace. Because my question to you is one thing. If you're part of the body of Christ, right? This is my body, right? Don't my body go or I go? It's like I can't like, head, you sit over here. Arm, you sit over here. And I'm going to go over there. Well, let, let me pose this to you. I want to stretch your mind just a little bit. If you are the body of Christ, won't you already be in the kingdom? Look at, look at, I'm just, I mean, I'm trying to make it simple. If you are the body, 
And we get taken up post-trib, whatever we're trib you want to believe. Because the main thing, you get saved. I tell people all the time, I don't really concern about that because I ain't saved and I know where I'm going. Regardless of what order I believe it happens in. Okay? But if I'm part of the body of Christ and he's my head, aren't I wherever he is? Is it that he, didn't he say we're already seated in heavenly places with who? Him. Jesus Christ in us, the hope of glory. So that, that, that's one thing that happens. We go where he go. He prepared a place for us to be with him. So when he move, we move. How we know? Because he sent back the Holy Spirit to dwell within us to move for him while we're still here. Y'all got to get this. You don't want to be stupid. So we got it by hearing. Verse number three. How can you be so stupid? Easy, because that's the way we do sometimes. Do you think that by what? Yourself. Yourself, that's key. Do you think by yourself you can what? Complete what God. I love what y'all said. Say it again. Complete what? God's spirit started. So can I of myself, through the law, Complete what God's spirit that he gave me started when God's spirit that's in me is operating outside of the law. You can't complete it. You're not your own. You don't belong to yourself anymore. You're in Christ and Christ in you. You are a walking billboard for Jesus. So you don't get to do nothing. You only do what the Lord tells you to do unless you're stupid. So he began this work. It says, it says that, that, that what God's spirit has started. That means a work. It's in us. That's a question. Ephesians 2.10. What? We are his workmanship. You are his workmanship. Fashioned to do good works. You don't, get to, you, don't become, you don't do good works to earn Jesus. You do good works because of Jesus. I was explaining to them today at the men's meeting. There's, the two of us could be doing the same thing that is good. And one of us doing it because we love Jesus, and one of us doing it thinking we can earn Jesus. And y'all doing the same thing. You want to say, Jesus, look at me, look at me. Look at me, look at me. And I'm saying, Jesus, look at me. Oh, what a wretched man that I am, who can save me? Who can save me from this body of death? Jesus. And because you saved me, I can't, see, if I do it expecting to get something from you, I'm saying you owe me something. But if I do it because I understand the great love that you shed abroad in my heart from the cross, then I'm doing it out of appreciation versus compulsion. See, y'all got to learn how to not be stupid and appreciate God. It's through your appreciation of what he's done for you that you, we move. We're here because we love what he did for us. And we love the fact that we have the Holy Spirit dwelling richly in us, that we have all spiritual gifts, that we are complete in Christ, that in Colossians 2 and 9, he said that all the fullness of the, of the God had dwelt within him. And then he says, we are filled. That means you are complete. You're not being filled. You have been filled, continuously filled 
with the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not nothing that you need to conjure up and bring down. It's something that you need to stir up what's inside of you. We say, well, pastor, how can I do that? I don't mean you will it. I mean you relinquish your will to it. We trade in our will for his will. Because we are his workmanship. He is fashioning us into the image of his son. Philippians, Philippians 2.13, God works his will in us to do good. His, his, his will works in us to do good. So if his works work to do good, then we work again. The goodness that we do is because of Christ, not because of us. The relative goodness that I have may be good enough for you, but it ain't good enough for God. Because it's not holy. Because our works in the natural are like filthy rags before God. But when we work through him, then our, the grace that was afforded to us, that was paid for by him, is extended to us when we fall short daily. See, what covers you from the time you get saved and the good that you do in Christ to you being complete in Christ is grace. So whether you start here at the beginning or there at the end, until you make it over there with him, grace has to cover you. So in that case, no matter where we're at, baby saint or a saint that's mature, grace still covers you so we are in the same place. That's a hard concept to get. Because I might need grace from here to here. You may only need grace from here to there. But the grace makes up the difference for the both of us, so that puts us in the same boat. We still need Jesus. I still need the gospel. The same gospel that, that got you saved is the same gospel that sanctifies you. Some of that Bible says the gospel is the power of God under salvation. It's the power of God, this gospel. So why not stay tapped into the power? Don't be stupid. Don't go to law. Don't make fake rules and regulations. Up, Yes, churches need order. I, I get that. But what you need is the understanding of the purity of the gospel that not only saves but also sanctifies and eventually glorifies you. It's a walk of love and a walk of the heart. Verse 4. Have you gone what? Through all of these things, all of this, for what? Nothing. Or is it really nothing? Have you been through all this persecution, all this being talked about, people not, not dealing with you no more, for nothing? No. You went through it. You endure it. Because you're learning how to suffer well through it. By the time Peter wrote 1 Peter, that's what 1 Peter's about, learning how to suffer well. But Peter had to learn that through his own suffering. Not so much the persecution, but his ignorance. Some of us have to suffer through our own stupidity. And Peter had to. And if Peter made it, that gives us hope. If God can work with Peter as much as Peter messed up, he can work with us. It's through your experience and you weigh the experience against the word of God. You don't, you, don't let, you don't tell the word of God, oh, it's my experience over you. No, you let the microscope, the magnifying glass of the word of God weigh out that experience. What did Peter learn? Peter learned that the truth of the gospel is for everybody and anybody who believes. And then when God, when you believe upon, this, believe upon him as the scripture has said, 
Out of your belly shall flow what? Rivers of living water. See, the life water that you have within you is because somebody planted the gospel to you. Somebody planted that gospel. So we ask these questions. Was it worth it? Yes. Was it worth everything that I've gone through? All the rejection? Yes. Was it worth all the downtime that I had? The confused times? Yes. Because I understand whatever I endure, it builds my Christian character. And it's part of your testimony. And if you still got your testimony, the one you had from the beginning and the one you continue to have when you suffer and you endure, then you will be able to tell people how good God is. If you're still working on your testimony that you had 50 years ago, you need to have a close encounter of the third kind with God again. Because I can give you a testimony every day. Yeah, he woke me up, but I'm going to give you a better. When the storm just came through here and I looked at the trees that were uprooted in my neighborhood, they don't fell on cars, fell on houses, they fell on everything. And I told my church, I saw God in that. He said, people say, what you mean, Pastor? All this destruction? Yes, I did. Because I saw trees whose roots were deep. They were uprooted by God. And God said to me, he said, look, look, son, look, look at the trees. Look at it. What's, 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 what's so fascinating about them? I say, it's just a tree toppled over. He say, no, look at the roots. He said, even though the roots ran deep, they weren't anchored to anything that could withstand the wind. He said, that's like my church. Its roots of religion run deep, but it's not anchored to the gospel. Why do you think in the armor of God, the gospel's on your feet? To ground you and anchor you because the gospel, because the armor of God is more defensive than offensive. And it's the way we stand and withstand through the power of being anchored in the gospel, not being tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine, not every shiny thing that comes along, not every problem that may beset us, that we stand and people see us standing and they say, how can you stand when such wind is blowing? Because I'm anchored to the gospel. How can you stand when my friends die? When I'm anchored to the gospel. What do you mean this gospel? This gospel that will save your soul. That you don't really care what happens to your body. You want your soul to be saved. Because absent from the body. Present with the Lord. It don't make no difference what you're talking about. I'm telling you I'm anchored, grounded, and believe in Jesus. I want you to get this saints. I want the people listening to get this. Wherever you sitting. Wherever you believe, whatever church you go through, to, I don't care. You need to go to a Bible teaching church that teach you about the gospel of grace. Because through the grace gospel, all the benefits of Christ come, not through the law of Moses. The law of Moses can only condemn you because you're never perfect enough to go before God with your filthy works and say, God, I've done like the rich young ruler and I'm ready to come in. I've done like the, like, like the Pharisee that beat on his chest talking about, I'm glad I'm not like that tax collector. See, the problem is we're just like all of them. Sometimes we act pharisaical, and sometimes we act like the rich young ruler. But how dare you do damage to the gospel when you act like that? That's why Paul said in chapter 2, I'm almost done. He said, if they preach any other gospel, even an angel in heaven, let him be accursed. But for us, like the, like the Galatians, 
if you answer these questions right, then that means you have examined yourself and you have found to be in the faith of God. Let's pray. Oh, gracious Heavenly Father, I just thank you today. I thank you for your word. I thank you that we don't have to be foolish or stupid or ignorant in you, Lord. That we can trust in you and believe in you. And as Paul writes on, he gives Abraham as an example of trusting God. And Lord, let us learn from what's after this. That Abraham got a credit for righteousness before he became a Jew. He was a Gentile. And once he trusted God, then God gave him a name. But God said, I'm going to make your name great. Not because I'm going to give you a law, because you trusted me and followed me and did what I needed you to do by faith. Without faith, O oh Lord, I know it's impossible to please you. So Lord, teach me how to be more faithful. Teach me how to trust in you more. Teach me how to love the brothers and sisters even the more. You said that they, thou side, will know that my, I belong to you and we belong to each other by the way we love on each other. So, Lord, let us not be stupid and miss the love that you have for us to give each other. Lord, bless this congregation and all the congregations around the world who call on the name of Jesus. Lord, bless walking truth. Walking truth and misfits, we're going to always be together. And we plan on loving each other for a very long time. So if you don't like what I said, I'm going to be around a long time. And y'all going to get to love what we talk about. So I thank God for the narrative that show us the love of God and the patience of God in our life to give us hope. Holy opportunity with pleasing experience. That's what hope means to me. Holy opportunity with pleasing experiences with God. So Lord, bless us. Keep us. Watch over us as we travel back. But again, bless this congregation. Bless the ministers that are away having a vacation that they deserve. But Lord, bless my brothers and sisters. And if you don't know Jesus, if you're sitting there right now in this congregation right now or listen to us on the air, you don't know Jesus, get with somebody so we can give you the gospel. I'm not going to ask you to come forth. I'm going to ask you to get with somebody that can tell you the gospel. You might be sitting right next to him. If you, if, you, if you tag, if you tug on their shirt and say, I need you to tell me the gospel, and they can't, come find me. I'll tell you the gospel. Come find some of these ministers. They'll tell you the gospel. There's ministers in here. But I'm just saying, you might be sitting with a person that might be scared to tell you about sin. I'm going to tell you about sin to get you so bad you might start crying. You're going to ask, what must I do to be saved? And I'm going to tell you, Jesus did it, so you ain't got to worry about it, but you got to believe that he did. So Lord, watch over us and keep us. In Jesus' name I pray. Can the church say? Amen. Yes. Yes, yes. Ready?